Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. And I'm thankful that you've joined us today. This is one of our Monday episodes. It's our more traditional podcast. We do two every single week. This one, and then on Thursdays, we do a dad talk episode where I talk to a dad about being a dad. And I'm excited that you're listening today. My goal with Positively Dad is just to help us all grow and become better parents and people and partners. And I think we're doing that. We've seen the number of downloads that people are doing just explode here over the last month. And so if you're one of our subscribers, I want to thank you for for being dedicated and listening to us every week. It's clear we're adding value to you, and that's my goal. And maybe you know of somebody that could be listening to this, and if you'd share it with them, that would be great. Because I, my goal is, again, just to bring us conversations that maybe we're not having or, or look at things that we aren't maybe thinking about that maybe we should. So I'm glad that you're participating in that. We're online all over the place, too, and we would love to connect with you there on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Positively Dad. We're posting a lot of content each week, and we'd love to connect with you there as well. So today, my goal is to help us think about something when it comes to our kids, especially if we have littles that are out there getting involved in sports. My daughter, Naomi, loves to dance. Uh, She goes several times a week, is involved in several dance classes. And in fact, she's going to be on at the end of the podcast today. She always joins us at the end, so you want to stick around. And, um, and, and, And that's her thing. We tried a bunch of different sports. She's done soccer. We officially retired her number from that. She didn't necessarily enjoy soccer. She did some cross-country. They have cross-country for, like, kindergartners and first graders, and she did that. And uh, she's done skating, and she's done swimming, and all these basketball. She did all these different things. And and for her, she said dance is her thing. We've got her involved in a couple other things as well, does voice lessons and stuff like that. And then I've got friends that their kids tried a bunch of stuff, too. And now they're getting to the point that they go, you know what? You know, my my second grader, my first grader, they really like one sport. They like soccer. They like hockey. They like basketball. They like baseball. And they're getting opportunities to get on teams that, you know, they're going to practice two times a week and maybe get a personal coach to help them. And and then we're going to have hockey games or soccer games or baseball games where we travel on Saturday and Sundays and we're all in. And the question is, is that really the best option for them? Even when your kids go, mommy, daddy, that's what I want to do. I want to play soccer or I want to play basketball. I want to play baseball. I want to go all in on that. Is that really the best option for them? turns out the research says probably not. That specialization in a sport for young children is probably not the best strategy. And it's really tough because that means as parents, maybe we're denying them something they tell us they want to do or, you know, everyone else is participating and we want to too. Or maybe our kid's pretty good and we think if we elevate them and, and put them in the travel team right now, that's going to help them get even better. And who knows, maybe they'll get a, a scholarship or, or I might have a, a future major leaguer or professional player here in my house. We're going to look at that today. We found a professor from Penn State who did the research on it. And he did some great research on it that's really going to help us out a lot and, uh, and help us kind of learn a little bit about whether or not it's a good idea. Dr. Matthew Silvis is his name, and and he, uh, in addition to working at Penn State, is also the team doctor for the uh, minor league hockey team that's in town. And so he's going to join us today and talk with us about specialization for kids, when is too early, when should we think about it, what's it mean for them. So let's have that conversation right now. Dr. Silvis, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Thanks for having me. 
My pleasure. So, okay, this is a big thing, especially now. We pick a sport for our kids. They're going to go pro. So we're going to, starting at four years old, it's one sport all the time forever. And your study says, um, that might not be the best idea. Correct. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about why that's so important to diversify. Yeah, so we uh, noticed uh, certainly a phenomenon in sports medicine where increasingly athletes are choosing to specialize in one sport very early in life. It's not uncommon for a five or six-year-old to specialize very early in just one sport, which can potentially have a lot of sequela, uh, including risks of burnout and injury. And our question was, separate from the concerns about burnout and injury, is it necessary to specialize at a young age to be successful? And actually, are you more likely to be successful if you diversify your portfolio of sports activities at a young age? Does that diversification of sports lead to better ultimate sports expertise when you select the sport that you're going to carry into your later teenage years? And we chose to focus on professional ice hockey. I'm the team physician for the Hershey Bears Hockey Club and have been in the last 12 years. And what I've noticed in talking with players over time is that many of them played other sports growing up. And many of our players anecdotally would tell me that they didn't really specialize in just ice hockey until they were well into their teenage years. What I'm seeing in our area, though, are children choosing to specialize at very young ages in ice hockey, five, six, seven years of age. Mm -hmm. And so what we decided to do is actually study it. That led to the, our, our study and then ultimately to our publication. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like when I was growing up that even in high school, I mean, it's like, you know, there were guys that were on and, and gals that were on the basketball team and they played baseball or softball and some of them played football in the fall or they ran cross country. I mean, it seemed like when I was growing up, you did play multiple sports. And then now that I'm a parent, it seems there's been a shift. So you've noticed that too, it sounds like. Absolutely. And it's, it's multifaceted why that shift has occurred, but the, the shift has occurred and it's definitely very common uh, around the country. Okay, so you say burnout is one issue and where the kids just get over it and they're done. And yet as a doctor, you're saying there's some physical risk here as well. Yeah, we're still working through the physical risks of early sports specialization. And when I say early sports specialization, I mean specializing in a sport less than 12 years of age. Okay. So we know that for you to be successful in a sport in college, for instance, you, you will likely specialize at some point in that sport. And if you're specializing when you're in high school, that's really not the concern. The concern is really this idea of early sports specialization. Mm -hmm. So the injury risks uh, probably are dependent on the sport that's chosen. Each sport kind of has its own set of injuries, but there is a concern about um, injury risk. There's also a concern um, that, that a lot of kids along the way, if they don't show that they're a really excellent basketball player at age five, and they don't make the travel team, uh, will they stop playing sports entirely? Mm. And so we have this other phenomenon occurring nationally where we have a relatively sedentary, non-athletic, um, and increasingly ill teenage population because they're not exercising at all. So there's this idea that if we don't get kids moving at a young age and encourage them being involved in a variety of activities, they're a lot less likely to be active teenagers, and then they'll be less likely, of course, to be active adults. And we know that exercise is so important for health. We think that we're missing, you know, we're missing the boat on this uh, culturally right now. So that's another risk uh, that's related to a whole idea of early sports specialization. What happens to the child athlete that isn't picked? They're maybe a late bloomer, like a Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. someone who didn't bloom until later in athletics. Yeah. So if they're six years old and don't make the travel team. 
what you're saying is your research is telling you they might just quit altogether and there's a long-term health impact to that. Absolutely. Yeah, they're a lot less likely. We know that active kids are much more likely to be active adults when it comes to exercise. And so anything that, that limits the participation of children in sporting activities, that's a barrier really for them to become lifelong engagers in physical exercise, which is a real, mm-hmm. real concern that we have. Also, you know, a lot of these travel sports we have out there right now, they're expensive, they're time consuming. So less advantaged children often get left behind. You know, children that have a single parent are in certain locales, like a really rural area or a really inner city area. They may not have the same resources. Kids that have physical or developmental disabilities, they tend not to be the, the athletes that are picked out um, or able to participate at a young age. And they're also less likely than exercise. Uh, in their teenage years and then ultimately as adults. Yeah, because the the cost and the schedule may just be prohibitive for those families. Yeah, we've got friends that uh, we were just talking to them last weekend. I mean, it's it's baseball all day Saturday and baseball all day Sunday. And, you know, these are young kids and it's go, go, go. Or, you know, we're in the Tampa Bay area. Hockey's huge down here for kids. And absolutely. Yeah. And they're they're playing, you know, during the week and Saturday and Sunday. And so then the question comes in, this is what I'm thinking about. You You know, I don't have a daughter that's in a sport like that, she dances, which is a sport, and she's there three times a week, and that's what she does. So, I mean, you could have the same thing in both. I'm curious if if what you're saying is even if your if your child is deemed to be talented enough, it still might be beneficial to skip the travel team and and just do a couple of different things during the week. Is that, am I getting that right? You are. That's actually that's really what we were trying to figure out in the context of our study was if a, if parents. Uh, and coaches and young athletes were to choose to stay diversified, would that inhibit or limit their ability to be ultimately successful and specialized in their sport of choice? In the area of ice hockey, it certainly appears based on our research that you do not need to specialize in ice hockey at a young age to be ultimately successful and play at the collegiate or professional level. Yeah, your study said that the the mean age of beginning any sport was four and a half years old, And the mean age of specializing in ice hockey was just about 14 years old. And you're talking about these players that are getting paid. These are professional players or D1 college players, right? Yep. They didn't specialize until they were around 14, maybe a small group at 12. The average is about 14 and a half. And that that was true at the professional level with the Washington Capitals and Hershey Bears. It was true at the D1 level with Penn State ice hockey, and it was true at the Division Three level with Lebanon Valley College. So we studied three different levels of sport, all extending into adulthood. And what was interesting was the average age turned out about 14 and a half for all three of those levels. That's really interesting. I mean, if you're playing in college, you're an excellent uh, hockey player. Obviously, if you're getting mm-hmm. paid, you're elite. Yep. And and so and these these guys were not doing this until they were in their teenage years. They were in high school. It's really interesting. The number one sport that they played separate from ice hockey was soccer. And I've had the perception this is this is very true. Before games, I have noticed for years that uh, hockey players, both on our team and the away team, form circles in kind of the area outside of the locker room. And they they oftentimes are kicking a soccer ball around. They've always appeared to me to really be very talented at that. And now I know that many of them played soccer, you know, well into their junior high years. And you could really see how being uh, adept at soccer, the movement patterns and the way soccer is played, you can see how those skills could transfer over to the sport of ice hockey. Similar to how playing basketball 
could make you a better soccer player, learning how to head the ball, how to jump correctly and land mm-hmm. correctly. And mm-hmm. you see that skills transfer. And that's what that's really the science is telling us that that skills diversification, having a wide range of sports and a wide range of athletic skills can ultimately help you be better in your chosen sport whenever you finally specialize in a sport. You know, I mean, when I ran cross country in high school, most of the athletes on that team were other or multiple sport athletes who, quite frankly, their coach just wanted them in some sort of conditioning, right? Right. So the thing that's sticking out to me then is if they're into these other sports, my guess is that as you talk to professional athletes, they're telling you to diversify. They are. There have been a number of athletes that have come out and actually have been outspoken about this. Uh, USA uh, Women's Soccer. Kobe Bryant could have gone professional in soccer and chose to go into the NBA. Tom Brady could have been a professional baseball player and chose to go uh, into football, into the NFL. And I, a great, another great example from tennis, who you know is arguably the best tennis player of all time, um, is a Roger Federer. And he was, again, a, a big soccer player throughout his years and could have gone professional in soccer. And a lot of these athletes have now come out and said that it is good to stay diversified because the skills they learn playing those other sports ultimately help them be a better whatever their chosen sport was later in life. Well, even here in Tampa Bay, I mean, the quarterback of the Buccaneers, Seamus Winston, could have played professional baseball some people here might wish he did i don't know and, yeah. <laughs> um, and and know that you see this happen a lot so yeah. okay so so the message is we don't have to create our superstar at five in fact you might actually be preventing them from an opportunity if we if we focus on one sport too early yeah i think that that's the general theme and and there have been other papers published that, that support that i can think of three exceptions to that the so gymnastics diving and figure skating are kind of the three sports that it seems that they require an earlier specialization because the body type that you need uh, to be successful in those three sports um, you tend to be younger and so those are three sports that kind of fall out of that generalization. But most sports, you're better for um, staying diversified early in life and waiting to specialize uh, until you're into your teenage years. Got it. Can we get serious, though, for a minute? And can we yeah. just admit that chances are your kid isn't going to play professionally or get a scholarship Correct. in college? Yes. I mean, so, the, so what's yeah. the point here, right? I have this conversation all the time with parents in my practice, and it's a hard message for parents to hear. No parent that I know of, and myself included, when your child looks you know, like they're really getting it and they seem like they're ahead of their peers and other parents are making comments, the coach makes a comment, it, it's hard not to take a step back and say, wow, you know, my child's special. And all of us think our children are special, and they all are special to us. But the odds of them actually getting a collegiate uh, scholarship are actually really low. You're looking at about 2% of high school student athletes will earn either a partial or full NCAA scholarship each year. And only about three quarters of high school athletes will actually get that full collegiate scholarship. And so I tell a lot of parents, you know, if you really want your child to get a scholarship for college, you should be sending them to math or science camp in the summer (laughs) because (laughs) academic scholarships are a lot more plentiful than the athletic scholarships. And the message there is just realistically, while we want kids participating in sports for all those health benefits, we want them to fall in love with exercise for life. The goal should should really be maintaining your academics uh, throughout your, your educational process so that you're eligible for those ec- academic scholarships for college because they're way more plentiful. 
Yeah, no kidding. All right. So then you talk about burnout and the risk of that. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier that if they don't get picked for the travel team at seven or six, I mean, however early that's happening, then they just may give up altogether. And you have some concerns about that too. I do. I think that, um, you know, if you look at, uh, at, at children's sports, you know, everybody participates or tries a sport, um, and it's very inclusive at first. But as certain kids start to outpace other kids, you know, depending on what league or environment they're in, they start to be favored. The kids that, that aren't physically mature in that same way oftentimes will get discouraged. The worst case scenario is those kids just choose to stop entirely. Then you've lost exercise for that child. That just doesn't stay a part of their life. And that's really the tragedy we want to avoid in this. There will always be a certain subset of kids that are out ahead of other of other children. And that's fine. This isn't a knock on travel sports. My um, my 10-year-old's playing travel basketball right now, but he just mm-hmm. finished soccer and he'll run track in the spring. It's okay to allow your child to participate, but it shouldn't be year round. It shouldn't be with a certain level of intensity that makes sports not fun. That's the number one reason kids stop sports is they stop having fun. And adults kind of help set the stage for that. And so we want to make sure that adults and parents are really, and coaches are keeping in mind that we want to encourage all children essentially to participate. And we don't want to discourage the kids that aren't at the elite level from not continuing to participate in sporting activities for fear that they'll stop exercising entirely or they'll be untapped. They may have been a late bloomer um, that would have gotten a lot better had they stayed with it and they would have bloomed in high school. I'm sure we all had kids growing up that for whatever reason, they just had better motor skills at a younger age than we did. But oftentimes you catch up. And then sometimes mm-hmm. you surpass those kids that had that early head start. And so we don't want to lose those kids that would have peaked later. Well, it seems to be that every year in the NFL draft, there's somebody that's drafted in you know the first or second round who didn't start even playing football until college yeah. or, or, or maybe right. they were a basketball player and got drafted as a, as a tight end and never really even played. So I guess that, that sort of thing can happen. And that's just this, is, this person just happens to be a superior athlete. And we can teach them how to play football in that in that example. Yeah, so there, there's a great book uh, called The Sports Gene uh, that really speaks to that kind of the genetic underpinnings. Some athletes are just athletes. You can give them any ball, any glove, any bat, and they're just going to pick up that sport immediately and they'll be ahead of their peers. And, and genetically, they're likely to be set up in such a way that that they're just more likely to, to be able to excel in a given sport. It's kind of counter to that idea of, of the 10,000 hour, 10 year rule uh-huh. that it takes all this time to excel in a sport and that you can make up for that, the genetic underpinnings of sports. But the literature now is pretty clear that while practice really is important, some people just genetically are set up that they're just, they're just better athletes. Yeah, I can spend 10,000 hours out playing basketball. I'm not, no one's going to pay me. And, Correct. Uh, yeah, so it's never going to happen. In fact, I was once asked to leave a basketball camp because I was so bad at it. So, you know, <laughs> it's just the way it works. All right. So with your kids, I mean, you've got them, what, three and 10 and 19? 10. Yeah, 19. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When's the right time to do what? You know, and, and how many sports is it? Just just give us a ballpark kind of idea as to what you'd recommend. We think about entry into sport. We, we kind of call it the sampling years. And that's going to be the time under 12 years of age, sampling a variety of sports, typically a different sport each season, um, mixing it up, uh, listening to your children. If, if your child doesn't like Little League because they don't like to play baseball, try a different sport. It's okay for them to sample a variety of sports to find what they like. After those early sampling years, you start to get more towards that early teenage. We call those the recreation years. 
um, that could be children that go on and they just play basketball at the YMCA because that's what they enjoy. Um, you then you're also going to have a certain subset of those athletes that are going to go on and they're going to specialize. And they're actually going to they're going to go out and they're going to make that high school basketball team. And that's okay if it happens whenever they're teenagers. But in those early sampling years, it's really about trying different sports each season. I think where you get into trouble and what can be a challenge for a parent is if you have a child who, who is really good at a sport and they really enjoy that sport and they're asking to be on the travel team and they're asking to play that sport year round, that can be a challenge for parents. Because the parents and the coaches aren't necessarily driving that interest that truly is coming from the child. It's okay to support them, but I would still encourage parents and coaches to keep that child diversified. Um, we try to make sure that the children are not spending more than nine months per year in one given sport. I'll give Little League Baseball as an example. We recommend at the Little League uh, age, they only participate in Little League for nine months of the year. And that that other, that off season, they're doing something else. That's really not arm throwing related. They're not necessarily going from little league to volleyball or to mm -hmm. um, tennis per se, tennis, right. but yeah. to do something just totally different. So they're using a completely different skill set. So they can um, play soccer or, or something like that. Exactly. Just trying to get them in something different. And that also helps protect them against burnout. Um, that's been shown. And I also try to remind parents, and this is a hard message, and a lot of parents will come back to this, but at the moment that I share it with them, it's not necessarily resonating. But if your child ultimately decides not to participate in their sport at some point in time, and they, whether it's through repetitive injury or burnout or disinterest, it's good for them to have other activities to fall back on. And if they've only ever known soccer, and that's been their whole life is wrapped up into soccer, all their friends, all their travel, the parents' social network is through other parents on that soccer team. Losing soccer then becomes a real uh, grieving process because that's where all the, the whole family life was absorbed into that, into that activity. The more diverse you are, the more you protect the child and the family from ultimately you know, not having other fallback interests if their prime interest does not work out in the long run. Yeah, you're starting over, and uh, it's you like are. going to a new school. I mean, there's it would be all of that all over again. Yep. Okay, so what's the final advice you want these dads to hear when it comes to the decisions they're making about sports for their kids? I would uh, tell everybody that whenever you have a child under 12, 14 years of age, I really think the bottom line is have them sample everything. Everything that they're interested in, give them a chance to sample it. Try not to get too serious about the sports early in life. Uh, keep it fun for your kid, and they're more likely to have more fun in their teenage years and uh, more likely to stick by their sports long-term if you allow them to stay diversified and have more fun when they're young. Well, Dr. Silas, this is great stuff. How can people connect with you if they want more information about the study or what to do? Sure. If, if anybody has a question, probably email is going to be the best way. Perfect. And we can just find you what on Penn State's website? Absolutely. Uh, awesome. Penn State Health. Yep. Dr. Silvis, thanks for taking time out to share with us and, and educating. I think uh, my guess would be as parents hear this, they, uh, they are awoken. They might argue with you about it a little bit, and then they might come around. Yep, that's what happens now. So that would not be new for me. <laughs> okay, good. Well, listen, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Great stuff from Dr. Silvis. The big thing that I took away from it, number one, your kid's probably not going to be a pro athlete. Now, someone listening, you might have the kid that's a pro athlete. I've had pro athletes on this show. Uh, they're, they're out there. Your kid's probably not it. I like that he said you're better off to put them in math camp in the summer than you are in some kind of sports camp. That's number one. Number two, burnout. 
The risk that we run when we put them in that sport early on is that, you know, by the time they're 11 or 12, they've burned out and they don't know what they want to do. I know it's a tough conversation and it's probably like, gosh, you know, did I do the wrong thing if they're in the travel team? I don't think so. I think you made the best decision you could at the time with the information you had. And the goal through this podcast is just to give you more information. So now that you have new information, you have to make a change. And what kind of conversation do you have with your kid about their love of that sport and maybe their love of another? Something to think about. All right, let's wrap up the podcast the way we do every single week. And that's when we bring my seven-year-old, my second grader in to chat with us today. She does the Kids Corner. And this week she had something on her mind she wanted to talk with you about that's a serious thing for kids. In fact, we did a whole episode on it way back when we launched. Today, Naomi is going to talk with you about bullying. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, my name is Naomi Shaw. Today we will talk about being bullied. Being bullied is a sensitive thing. I've been bullied by a girl. You might be bullied by a boy or a girl. It's not fun. And this is how you can cool off if you have a bully near you. Hopefully one of your friends will stand up for you. Or you can just go tell a teacher, go play somewhere else, and just play. That's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. I'm proud of that girl. I'm glad she shared the stuff with you. If you'd like to, by the way, we did a whole podcast on bullying and what parents can do if your kid's being bullied or if your kid is the bully. It's episode number two. Just go right on to PositivelyDad.com or wherever you're listening to the podcast and you should be able to find it no problem. I want to thank you for joining us today. I trust you got some value out of our conversation together and a look at at sports and our kids and what's the best thing for them, because that's who it should be about. We're not, don't live through them and and fulfill your dreams through them. What's the best thing for them? That's what we talked about today. If you enjoyed it, would you rate us please? Five stars would be awesome wherever you're listening and share this with other parents you know who have kids that play sports or or like Naomi is in in dance, which is a sport and, and whatever they're in, share it with those parents so that they can hear this message too. If you really liked it, maybe you're new to our podcast, click subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss one. We have an episode like this that comes out every Monday. And then every Thursday, I talk to a dad about being a dad. And those are some really great episodes, and I'd hate for you to miss them. And then finally, follow us online wherever you are. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Positively Dad. You'll find us no problem. And I'd love to connect with you, too. Maybe you know somebody that'd be a great guest or you'd like to be on. Send me an email, james at positivelydad.com. And I'd love to connect with you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Positively Dead. Have a great day. Bye-bye.